Well, welcome everybody to the show today. Um, wanted to make sure we, we talked with David about the efforts, and uh, both uh, our guests today are Amanda Allred and Tim Birch, who are candidates for vice president in the upcoming elections of NSPS, and I'm sure that both of you are aware of all those things that are going on. So the, the current ones, Amanda, are, are closer to you. I guess you guys didn't get affected by this particular one. I know you've had landslides and all kinds of other things up your way over time, but it is just amazing how these things happen and um, just it's, it, we can't even imagine the devastation <laughs> when when we haven't been involved in it. That's for sure. So thanks yeah. for sharing some of the time. Yeah, ahead, for sure. We had a we had a rough um, summer with wildfires up here in Washington State and Idaho and even Northern California, of course. So it's always um, your hearts go out to those people, and, and even in um, in Quebec and I mean not Quebec in British Columbia up there, they really burned up last summer. So yeah, and it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that uh, we hear about the the big ones, so to speak. Um, but they do occur a lot, like as you pointed out, a lot of different places to a lot of different people, and maybe you don't hear about it on the news so much. Doesn't make it any less any less devastating, of course. That's for sure. Yeah, well, thank exactly. you both for joining. Go ahead, go ahead, Amanda. Yes, exactly. I think sometimes um, all those people are overlooked, and that's the great thing about the NSPS Foundation is um, no matter where you're at or um, you know how relatively small those things are very devastating when they happen to us personally and um that's a great part about being part of such a wonderful organization that they can recognize those those events and help you out even though you might not be on the news every night like the people in california are yeah that that's for sure and and the other thing that just astonishes me is sometimes people are reluctant in in our community in the surveying community of course that's who we serve primarily uh, whether it's surveyors themselves or their employees or whatever, but I'm always stricken by how people sometimes are reluctant to even ask for help, or even when they do, um, and they've lost everything they own, you know, and, and it's not like we have tons of money to give away, but it's almost like everybody is always thinking of the other person, even when they're in the hardest of times. Um, and that gives me a lot of faith uh, in people but uh, I guess primarily in surveyors because we're the surveyors are the people we deal with, and it just always amazes me when that happens. And and people are, will say, well, you, you know, everything they've owned is gone, and they say, well, could you send me a you know a couple thousand dollars or something? And it's I know that goes a long way, but still to have that sort of um, almost generosity of their own, thinking that yeah, there are other people that need this too. So I think it says yeah. a lot for our profession. Exactly, and one of the things that Richard and I, um, we really recognize going through what we have these last few months is um, the friends that have stepped up, the fellow surveyors, and actually a couple from Arizona, Mary and Harold Baldwin, stayed with him for two weeks in Arizona while I couldn't be there, and um, surveyors themselves are just such generous people, and it's, sometimes it's really hard for us to ask for that help, so... Yep, that's true. And for the listeners who don't know, and I'm sure Amanda won't mind me telling her husband, Richard's been fighting cancer for a while and still still in treatment. And uh, he's he's one among our our team, our our family. I, I guess family is really the best word to use for the surveying profession. And I know Tim, you and I've experienced that as well, not personally the way Amanda has, but experienced that that brother and sisterhood among our group. It's just 
uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't think of a better group of people to want to be a part of Amanda and Tim um, than than our surveying profession because we just have so many wonderful people. Yes, we do, and then, you know and that's it's something you're just hitting on the the NSPS uh, disaster relief fund. It just it seems like, especially these last four or five years, there's always something. Whether it's a hurricane, whether it's um, Superstorm Sandy or what, whatever. I mean, we've had several uh, tornadoes here in Illinois uh, over the past three or four years that have decimated small towns. And um, you know, that, you know, that's something you both hit on: is that we are we're a proud profession, if nothing else. And sometimes for the surveyor to put their hand out is tough because we are proud of, of who we are, what we've what we've attained, and. Taking a handout, so it's at scene sometimes, is hard. And um, I know a lot of a lot of, of surveyors would rather help rather than than ask than ask for something. So it it is. It's uh, it's a great profession to be part of. It's a great group of people to be uh, be uh, associated with. And I look forward to to trying to do to do more throughout the United States. I mean, that's just that's who we are, and that's that's how how this this profession works. It, that's for sure. And, and Amanda, you know, speaking of sharing, um, I don't know how much, how many reports you get back for people that pick up on your Olin project. Uh, for the listeners who don't know what the Olin project is, I'll let Amanda talk about that. But they they had a really successful um, session of that, if that's the right word, at the Maryland conference this year. I, I don't know if you got to be involved in any of that or hear anything else about it, but but it went really well. Yeah, and it's a it's a really great program that has really taken off, and I appreciate Jeremy Jeremy Burns running with that in Maryland. Um, it's something that started because I was president of the New Mexico Professional Surveyors, and I think about um, 2015-16, somewhere in there. And um, what happened is I brought my son to the conference with me because he'd, he'd never gone, and I thought it would be great for him to see his mom up on the stage and, and talking to a, a big group of men and women. And... And what really what, what transpired was that he got enthusiastic about surveying. And this is a kid, for 12 years I've been trying to talk to him about what I did, and he never got it, he never cared, he never really was ever enthusiastic about it, which I guess goes to say for most kids when it comes to their parents' professions. But what happened in Albuquerque that year, when I took him through the through the the sponsor area there with the exhibits and everything and the exhibitors talked to him and gave him prizes of course and really um talked about serving to him on a different level he listened to them he wouldn't listen to me but he listened to them and um even at the end of the conference when somebody asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up he immediately said i want to be a surveyor and i mean and that just shocked me it floored me and so i got with um the incoming president david acosta and he actually took over this whole project for me because I was moving at the time. And we've had, um, I, we've probably done it five years now. And I don't know how many kids have gone through there. I'd have to ask David. There's a lot of repeat kids that come back that they enjoy it so much. David's brought in drones for them to fly. And it's just been a wonderful experience that they get to come to the conference for three or four hours. And they get badges. And they get to talk to the vendors. And it really has has had a huge impact on these kids. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of recruiting from within, I guess, but uh, in within the families of the of the people there. But that obviously that doesn't mean they 
those kids couldn't bring friends with them. But it's just another one of those ways I think it's so important for us as a profession to, to reach out. Everybody's so concerned now about the future and where's the next group coming from and all those kind of things. And I know, Tim, and you, know, I, you and I talk about that an awful lot, too, trying to figure out how to make things uh, interesting and exciting. And uh, so when something like the Olin Project comes along and inspires people and, and particularly young people to, to be interested, then that makes it great because, um, you know, we we look around and, and wonder where our next group of leaders is coming from, much less where our next group of surveyors in general is coming from um, because, uh, as as with anything else, you, you end up with only a handful of people who are willing to, to step up and take leadership roles. And speaking of leadership roles, by the way, uh, a couple other people who will be on the ballot uh, they're running unopposed, is Bob Miller, Pennsylvania, who's our current treasurer. I think this will be his maybe third term, or maybe it's second. I can't recall. Yeah, starting, yeah, it would be his third term. You bet. His third, yeah. And then Craig Amy is going to be running for secretary um, of the of NSPS. And I was hoping Craig might be able to join us today, but uh, he himself is going through health problems, and he's been diagnosed with, with cancer that he's, He's fighting and had a, had an appointment today, so he wasn't able to join us. But he sends his best regards to everybody. And um, as is usual, the, all of our cream rises to the top when it comes time to seek out people to be leaders. And and so this time around, we've got those two guys, and then you two that are on our ballot, which you know, in my opinion, makes it uh, a, a no lose situation, an absolute win for us, no matter what takes place. <laughs> Yeah, of all people to have to run against, Tim Burks would not have been my choice, obviously, for everything <laughs> he's done for um, for the for the executive committee and the um, NSPS leadership. But but looking towards other people, the Young Surveyors Organization they really um, they really get me fired up, and I love spending time with them because I, I really believe that's where our all the future directors should and hopefully will come from. We the one from Idaho was replaced by the Young Surveyor, and I believe. Um, South Dakota, actually, too, is one of the young surveyors. So it's really, it's. It, I, I'm always, I'm always more optimistic than I am pessimistic that that our profession is headed in a great direction. And spending time with with them in that room, and these are licensed surveyors. They're not, they're not technicians or anything else like that. Even though they look really young and make me feel old, <laughs> they're they're a great group to sit down with. And um, I wrote in an article, um, a surveyor looks at forty on. XYHT magazine, and that was my favorite part about having an intern was mentoring somebody because I, of what I they hate to break in. Me. I hate to break in, Amanda, but we're we're at our thirteen minute segment. So to stay on time, let's go to break, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Quick stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys 
recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move the and a good experience around for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around-town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around-town movers. Call them. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back for our second segment today with Amanda Allred and Tim Birch, uh, our candidates for vice president in the upcoming NSPS election. Um, we had a lot of things to chat about, uh, not about the elections specifically, but I think important things in our first segment, um, in particular this whole concept of leadership and where does leadership come from, and and regardless of what entity one may be in, uh, you could name any gathering of people for whatever the purpose may be. Um, some people are, are interested and willing to step up into leadership, and, and some prefer to just not be in leadership, but still play really, really important roles. I think it's it's important for us to say that because we depend on our leaders, that's for sure. But nobody in leadership gets anything done without a lot of help from other people. Um, I, I certainly can speak to that uh, for sure over my years of whether it's been in business or running this organization and just so many wonderful people in our organization out there. And Sometimes we kind of whine around a little bit because we we think people aren't paying attention and not as many people vote as we would like. But nonetheless, um, there are a lot of really dedicated people out there to the profession itself and not just to their specific companies or jobs, but to make sure that our profession uh, stays strong. And, and obviously, you two guys are, are part of that group, and I'm really, really proud to have you both being with us uh, this year and Amanda, you were talking about the young surveyors, um, and Tim had started to talk about that too. I don't know if you guys want to follow up any more with with any conversation about them uh, and your experiences with them before we move on. But you're certainly welcome to, if you wish. Yeah, mentoring um, mentoring was so rewarding for me because, like I mentioned, I um, surveyors kind of get set in their ways, and whenever I brought an intern in and he was right out of college, it was just so refreshing and 
and we'd get in arguments about how to do something, and then we'd kind of go back to our caves, our offices, and think about it. And it was it was fantastic to use what worked, the tools that he was teaching me, <laughs> newer and faster ways to do things. And um, and and admittedly, he taught me way more, I think, than um, than I could have given him during that time. Yeah, that's and that's the that's the fun part about being where we're at at this stage in our careers, is that uh, I myself I I agree with Amanda that it's it's so much fun to get that much out of the mentoring part, and there's times when you don't know which side's actually mentoring the other, and that uh, yes, being able to get the technical uh, information out of out of the my wife keeps yelling at me for calling them kids they're not kids uh, the, the young adults. Uh, I mean, yes, we're trying to um, to impact their careers with our experiences, but in turn, they're they're impacting our careers with with their technical knowledge. So it's it is it's so worthwhile at, at this stage of of my career to to be able to have that opportunity and being involved with the young surveyors going forward uh, at NSPS. Um, it was fun this last meeting in the fall with uh, with the young surveyors there and interacting with them. And just impressing upon them how important they are to our future. Um, I mean, I mean, I, and I will call out Chris Glanz. I mean, he he's a he's a wonderful young man. He he's got a lot of great ideas, a lot of energy, and uh, it's people like Chris that we need to make sure that uh, they are heard and that they're they're part of the the bigger the bigger picture of where NSPS is going because they are the, the a big part of our future. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I totally agree. Ahead, we're blessed that we're blessed that NSPS has had the foresight to um, to include that group and Amanda Askren um, and her determination to get that through was just was just fantastic and um, and the mentoring that's going on there in, in DC even on Hill Day taking them up to the hill I didn't realize that was even happening until this this last meeting it's just it's just fantastic that they will be they'll be lined up to take our places literally. That's true, and, and uh, speaking of the Hill Day, you know, we're going to do the student competition um, again in the spring um, with our meeting, and hopefully some of those young students will be able to come in and, and go up on the hill too because I know they will they will enjoy that and get a lot out of it for sure. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen, and I think the latest count was that we had, I don't know, 15 or 17 teams signed up for this this upcoming student competition, which once again uh, bolsters our spirits <laughs> to, to see, wow. you know, so, so many of the schools taking advantage of being a part of that and coming more into the to the fold, so to speak, in in what's going on in NSPS and being part of of the group and seeing how the organization works and making their own thoughts about what they they want to do with the organization as it as they move along in their career. So I think there's a lot to be positive about uh, as we're moving ahead. Sometimes we like to worry about the fact that we're we're getting old and I'm learning more and more every day. The fact that I'm getting old is of very little consequence to what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> so that's, that, that might be a very good thing for the profession. I don't know. But nonetheless, um, it's encouraging to see people at earlier and earlier ages um, and, and even you guys, I think, are a great example of this because for a lot of us from my my generation, we didn't get involved in state societies until we were probably in our 30s or 40s, maybe probably 40, me being more uh, likely to be the age. And so 
even as you all have come along, you've gotten involved, and and from my perspective, you know that that's part of the younger group too. But it's just it's it's encouraging to see that, and I'm hoping that we will continue to draw folks like you guys and and Craig and and Bob and, and our other leaders to to be that voice, you know, and and because I think it matters to people, particularly the younger people, to see folks they can relate to more so like an older brother or sister or an uncle or something rather than their grandfather. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I just think it's good for the profession overall to have um, to, to have the younger people involved. And, and by the way, Tim, um, Shu, do we pat you on the back for getting in a snowstorm today or are you still sitting at the home waiting for it to go away? Oh, no, I, I made it into, I made it into the office today. Yeah, it's, uh, it started in late last night with a bunch of uh, bunch of rain, and then it turned to a uh, wet, heavy heart attack snow. And yeah, it's uh, it's uh, really uh, shut some things down in in, in uh, the windy city. I mean, it's this is a tough town, and we get around anyway. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's made it a little interesting today. Yeah, that same storm came through here. I was down in southwestern Virginia visiting my son and family, and. It's about 300 miles to here, and I think for the first time in the 30-some years I've lived here, we were under torrential rain the entire time coming home. And I was thinking to myself, if this were a little colder, this would be kind of bad. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. But you're you're in a place now, Amanda, where you can see a little bit of snow too, right? Yeah, um, we're actually, my husband and I compromised. Um, I grew up and worked most of my career in New Mexico, and um, he spent most of his in Alaska, and either one of us were willing to, to go that <laughs> direction. I actually went to the University of Alaska at Anchorage, but I, I, I'd done my time in Alaska, and I wanted to get out, and we compromised and wound up in Washington State, and, and the community and the family here is just, it's such a, it's such a wonderful place to be, and they've really welcomed us here. And um, it's a, what made you I'm choose the eastern city. part of what made you choose the eastern part of the state? Well, my husband um, was actually born in Montana, and he spent a lot yeah. of time in northern Idaho in the Lewiston, Idaho area. And um, he really had a fondness for this part of the country because we're only at about 700 feet in elevation here, so it's a very mild winter near Walla Walla and Dayton. Um, we have snow in the mountains, obviously, but it doesn't stick around on the ground a lot. So we're very blessed that this is a it's a milder place to be. I saw that uh, that snow thing uh, Saturday evening during the college football game between Washington State and University of Washington. Um, yeah, they they got pounded with snow the whole ball game. <laughs> yeah, it's and really that's... a farming and ranching community here and that's what really attracted us to the area it's not um you, you have all the crowds on the western side of the state and we're, we're in a really remote farming ranching um community type area where maybe take care of each other so how are the i'm, I'm curious because having grown up in a rural area myself and do you find that a lot of the surveyors there are active in the in the local chapter or the state society, or is it harder to get them to participate? I think we've had um, a hard time getting people to participate, but um, Tri-Cities isn't far from us, and they have a pretty active group um, that I'm planning on joining, and they do the same thing. They actually had the conference in Spokane last year, and they do that every couple years, too to draw in the, the numbers on this side of the state and then actually people from Montana and Idaho as well. So it's really um, 
we, and we have the same trouble in New Mexico because there, there's not a lot of surveyors in those rural parts of the world, but um, when they do get together, it always is always a good time So with any surveying group. <laughs> and, and I would assume, Tim, that even though you're in a more populated area, you still have some of those same issues getting people involved. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in central Illinois and uh, out in the farm farm uh, farm fields. All my aunts and uncles were farmers, and uh, it is. It's tough to get uh, tough to get the, the the local surveyors engaged in a lot of a lot of uh, chapter or state level things. Uh, unfortunately, a, a a big bulk of the, the the surveyors that do partake in in the association activities it's uh, from Chicago and the Collar counties and even some around the St. Louis and the Collar counties down there um, kind of few and far between otherwise uh, so but but it's it, it is it, it it's like Amanda said once you get to a place and get people together it it can be uh, it it makes for a interesting conversation because we do have radically different uh, surveying environments from uh, in the city of Chicago, uh, even the suburbs versus the the rural surveyor, we're doing we're both we're both surveying, but we're doing t- almost two completely different types of surveys. So uh, it's always good to get together and uh, compare notes, uh, no pun intended, and just to see see how how surveying is on the on the other side of the fence. Yeah, you know, I guess Amanda. A Go ahead, Amanda. That, um, there's so many different aspects of being a surveyor that, um, and I, I, whenever I talk to younger surveyors, I always try to encourage them to think about that because if you're in one sort of field of surveying, whether it's, you know, boundary stuff or construction staking, and you don't particularly like it, there, there are a zillion other options that you can take up, whether it be in the more GIS orientated and um, sonar stuff and um, engineering design planning stuff. And it's just, I think that's one of the things that I love about this this profession is that you are not stuck in something that that you're tired of or you don't um, or you're not enthusiastic about anymore. The the options out there are just it's astounding. You can work anywhere, you can live anywhere, and um, it's really been a fantastic lifestyle for my husband and I. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we're well a little less than thirty seconds before break, so we'll come back and talk about more uh, topics or issues when we come back. But you're absolutely right that we ourselves don't do a good enough job, I don't think, explaining to people, even our clients or our family, just how broad our profession is and how exciting it is. We we let them kind of draw their own conclusions without without sharing what we know to be true. Maybe we're selfish in that way. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, nonetheless, it, it is important for us to, to let people know how we what we do and what, what we're up to. So... Let's go to that second break, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800 or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to the Doctor's Lounge, where you get a... 
private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes. Your back-friendly steak. We're back on the air. I believe I heard the, uh, the uh, prompt for us to come back. You know, we've been talking about a, a lot of things with uh, with the profession and with the society, and of course with with the election coming up, and you guys being involved. And I'm certain, regardless of how this goes, you're not going to just walk away. Regardless of how the how the election goes, you're still going to be part of this effort as we move forward uh, in some way or another. And and I think it's important for us to to think about that. And you know, we we just went through the effort and. Related to the joint membership program, and at the fall meeting, uh, uh, the directors from among the states uh, almost unanimously approved the, the dues increase. And I think that it's going to be a big challenge for us. I think, and I'm interested in your both, both your perspectives about this. Um, one of the things we have so much difficulty doing is is helping our members and people who could be our members understand what we do and how important it is that we survive and. I'm sure you both, as have I, heard repeatedly from people, well, what does the organization do anyway? And and every time I hear that, I'm kind of dumbfounded because I'm thinking, holy crap, we do a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> but apparently we're, we haven't, we haven't uh, let other people know that well enough to understand. And it, it's difficult to, to figure out how to get that message into people's hands because you can send it. They may not read it. And then if you're not getting support from the state or local, people who are in leadership, that makes it difficult. So I'm really interested in both your perspectives on that whole concept of continuing to to not sell the idea but but help our fellow surveyors understand just how important it is to do things the way what we do, not the way we do it necessarily, but the what we do as an organization. So I I don't know uh, who wants to go first. Uh, Amanda, why don't you go ahead and but I'm I'm interested in both your thoughts on that. What you know, what are we going to do? Well, um, the the man I had to replace is the New Mexico director. His name is Glenn Thoreau, and um, he's on the CST board and uh, any number of things. But he really, I think, he really set it in my mind that he didn't want to be on the NSPS board of directors forever. And it was his opinion that five to seven years, and, and then he needed to, to usher somebody else in. because. Um, and I, I really agree with his way of thinking because, when you stand up at those those board meetings at your state every you know every four months and you try and say the same things over and over again that we're taking issues to Capitol Hill that you have insurance options that um, we help support whenever 
whenever laws come up with the state when they're trying to deregulate serving, even though I've said it a hundred times, <laughs> they, you kind of get dulled to that and lulled out of it. And so when my five years came up and, it, and I started to tell the state that um, I would like for them to find somebody else, it was hard. I mean, it was really hard because I have, I have immensely enjoyed the friendships I have made at those meetings. But I, I think it was important for me to step aside again, too, and let somebody else, else's voice be heard. And, and that's been effective in our state, I believe. We, um, we never had, we've never increased the dues due to NSTS. We've been very lucky that our, um, our conferences do very well. And the state has, has made a guarantee that we won't raise dues just because NSTS does, that we will absorb that. And, it, and it's, been, it's been phenomenal to have different voices push NSPS. And because, um, like I said, I think people get tired of hearing me as well. <laughs> Even though it's painful for me to let go, I'm really excited for Chris Pappas to take my place as the director from New Mexico. Well, I, I, I agree with Amanda that, uh, yes, there is a, I'll, I'll say, I'll call it a shelf life for the, the directors. And, um, I mean, I'll, won't make any friends, I guess, with the directors. But I think I think there's I think there's a, there's a time when it's it's time to go. And we've we actually have several directors that have been there and have served well, served uh, uh, served their states uh, in a good capacity. But uh, the, I mean, the way I've I've come to look at it with uh, with the states and the national society, um, the states because of continuing education, they're going to get their members anyway, and uh, for the most part. And because NSPS is relying on those states, I actually see the NSPS director as being probably the most important member of that state uh, association's their their officer ranks, we'll call it, because that that NSPS off, that director is is not just representing the their state association; it's it's providing that conduit between national and state. And all of the things that we are doing, like you said, Kurt, we do a crap load of work. And so for it's really important for that director to make sure they bring that message back to their state and the constituents there because we are doing a lot. We are, there are so many things. And, you know, I, I just, we, I was part of a, a panel discussion a couple of weeks ago about the workforce, uh, workforce development and where things are at and what NSPS is trying to do. And one thing I stepped up and said, you know, and people don't realize, surveyors don't realize, uh, i got two words for you, two or one, whatever you want to look at, light squared. If, if NSPS wouldn't have been engaged in light squared as heavy as we were, we might have gotten pushed out of some of these things. So it is our Capitol Hill presence. It is strength in numbers, and it is important for that NSPS director to be that strong conduit to the states to perform that message. Unfortunately, like we've said, most of our members go, oh, what does NSPS do for me? Well, if the, if the director isn't ca- carrying that message back, um, that, that's, to me, that's a failure right there. I mean, that's, yes, we can send all the emails, we can send the correspondence, but when you've got a, 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 a representative there going back to those states, that has to, the message has to be sent. So we need to make sure that we have the right people as directors and, it, and, and we're seeing this in the young, the young surveyors, wanting to become more engaged, wanting to become that stronger conduit. That's what we've got to continue down that road. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And, and everything you guys have said is absolutely true. And, and um, 
I, I'm one of those people that's been involved for a really, really long time. Um, I've always had a hard time understanding why people lose enthusiasm for for, for wanting to do things, but also understand that um, I can recall back when I was in those days the governor from Virginia, and I was so excited, you know, I wanted to tell them everything that NSPS was doing. And so I'd get up all excited about my report, and I'd look across the audience, and it was almost like it was written across their face, oh, crap, it's Kurt again. He's going to talk forever. And uh, so it's a delicate balance, really. <laughs> you, you know, we're looking for people who are excited and, and people who are interested in sharing leadership roles and, and carrying it back. But you can, I, I'm certain, get to the point where people just kind of take it for granted, Um even even if you do show enthusiasm, and and I'm not sure that happens in every case, maybe not, but uh, I am surprised sometimes when I go visit states and just get to talk with the with the people, you know, not the leadership, but just the members of the society. And I'm sure you guys experience this as well. And sometimes I'm astonished at how little they know about what we do. Yeah, and Kurt, well, you have been such a great face for um, for NSPS for so many years. Um, I wanted to go to a national conference when I was working for a private firm, and they told me, well, you have to get published first to go. And so I thought, well, they're going to be in Arizona, so I'm going to go see them. And I, I still remember the first time I saw you, Kurt, and um, you've always presented the profession so well. That's why you can't <laughs> – we've always felt like you can't go anywhere, and so many surveyors have. Um, I'm not one – I'm never one to try and say that the young surveyors are going to replace us. I think I think there needs to be a, kind of a recycling of it, and – I'm certainly not going anywhere. I know Tim hopefully isn't either because we would the organization would be really hurt if Tim did. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of view this as a resurgence in Washington to get involved in a different society and see how different societies are doing it. And as part of my career is getting to spend a lot of time in Alaska, it was wonderful to see how they've incorporated GIS into their conferences and how they educate the GIS profession and uh, as to the limitations of their abilities. And, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't be taking those people's money when it comes to conferences and education. And um, and I'm really excited to hopefully see something like that happen for NSPS as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, Tim, maybe you want to weigh on that as well. But that, that's that been something that's been hard for us. Um, and, 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 again, maybe it's because of a little myopic thinking uh, in terms of what surveying is and all the changes that have come about in the last 20 years or so, maybe even more, um, and and various parts of what we do get segmented other places, and sometimes rather than being inclusive and embracing, we tend to put a wall up, and, and I don't think that helps us at all. No, I think you're right. And, and, unfortunately, I think the, surveyor, the, sur- the surveying profession is almost like an umbrella, and we have kind of closed it down to kind of keep ourselves dry during all of this when we really need to open it up a little bit more there's going to be so many more facets of of surveying that yeah you know, it's it's out on that edges and then and, and but a lot of the hardcore boundary surveyors don't know about it don't don't uh, they're confused about the technology they they don't want to embrace it bottom line is we need to embrace it and we have to be able to include some of these other technologies in here that fall under the, under the guise of surveying. It truly does. Just because you're not out doing that lot survey or that property survey doesn't mean you're not surveying. Yeah, you exactly, Tim. And, Go ahead, and I'm, I'm really 
I'm really excited about the stuff I've seen that's happening at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers because cause they've had the foresight to put the surveyors in charge of the GIS folks, and they fall under the umbrella. And we get to tell whenever we get to tell them whenever we're ready for something to be released to the public, whenever it's survey quality, that we just don't answer questions on the fly because we've gotten ourselves in trouble. And um, it's, I haven't seen it um, in, in my company. I didn't. I wasn't able to get involved that much with the GIS, but with the big contractors that we're seeing that are really succeeding working on these big contract surveys, it's the ones that incorporate GIS into their business structure because the big federal agencies want the GIS portion of that information too because that's what we're being accountable for on the, on the, federal, the federal inventory of lands and things. And, and all those things tie together in what we're taking to Capitol Hill. And that's what's been the most exciting thing for me is to see how those things tie together, how it's creating more business for the surveyors and better information for, for the public in general. That's very true, and, and believe it or not, here we are about a minute for, from our next break. But I was curious in your position, has historically that position been somebody who was a licensed surveyor, or, or is, are you being there sort of a new thing? Well, it's kind of um, it's kind of a new thing. They um, in the Walla Walla district, it was set up that way because um, we've had some fantastic leadership that really appreciated the surveying side of things, and that that realized on the engineering side, if you don't have a, a preliminary survey, your design is going to stink. You know, it's the garbage in, garbage out phenomenon. <laughs> and having people that recognize that and value the surveyors is is just been. We've been very fortunate in Walla Walla. That hasn't been the case in all districts, and um, and the other districts have reached out to us because of um, the way that we're set up. That we still we still are in touch and control over most of the GIS. Yeah, that's great. Well, here we are, ten seconds away. So let's go take our next break. We'll come back and maybe pick up on that. Uh, you know where our influence can go moving forward. So let's go take our last break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800 438 0387 or go to quickstake.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today whether cruising the strip at a 57 chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 oldsmobile vista cruiser you need to tune in to classic cars with steve ronaldo and jim weber every saturday from eight to nine a.m. on america's webradio.com cook immigration partners is your passport through the immigration maze whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new i-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national cook immigration partners is your best choice for a legal advocate call us today at eight six six two eight six six two zero zero that's eight six six two eight six six two zero zero or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net you're listening to america's web radio on the america's broadcast network.com thank you for listening
and we're back, guys. Okay, we're back. Thank you. We're back for our last segment with Amanda Allred and Tim Birch. And um, Tim, I don't know if you want to add on to what Amanda was talking about uh, before she left. I know that you're in a little different environment, although the maybe the company you work for maybe is as big as the Corps of Engineers. I'm just kind of kidding about that. But but I know your company you work for is a, is a pretty good sized company. So uh, I'd be interesting to hear your perspectives on that on what Amanda was talking about. Sort of a a transformation in people having better understanding of, you know, what survey data is and what surveyors are. Well, not to that respect as far as the GIS part. I mean, we're getting more, uh, we've, we're into our third year of, of, uh, UAVs, um, and getting more into the, the 3D aspect of things with point clouds and, uh, that, that type of technology. And it's, it's been interesting, even just even with the the engineers in our office, uh, getting them to understand that yes, it's not just a toy we're taking out and flying and getting pretty pictures for their sites. This is actual, actually usable data that we're able to 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 uh, gather and and be able to to manipulate for for various functions. And um, and it is surveying. It is it is tying stuff down to to uh, real world coordinates and real world. Values and uh, being able to use this stuff, and uh, that's part of where I I really feel like NSPS needs to go um, is 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 helping to embrace the technicians because there's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of uh, land surveyors, uh, survey interns, and a lot of technicians that are going to embrace the technology of things, not just UAV, but the photogrammetry, the, the the scanning, the GIS. I mean, there's so many things that from a technology side we have to be able to to embrace those people that, that uh, bring that to the table. And that's where I see uh, really where NSPS can grow is we've, we've got to be able to incorporate those people and let them know that NSPS is the serving profession uh, association that is there to back them, is there to, to see to see that in their best interests. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really about opening that umbrella that much more and, and making sure that uh, everybody comes in together and we're, we can all move forward. Uh, strength in numbers, I've, I've always been told, and I, I truly believe. Yeah, Tim, yeah. and you make a great point with the, um, the workforce development portion of what NSPS can do. Uh, living in a rural community, I've seen that um, some of these high schools are actually promoting working with community colleges where you can get your first year of community college done and your second year is only spent after you graduate there and you're done. And I, I really think that's a great opportunity for the, the serving profession to latch on to and get more technicians involved because if you can if you can get your first year um, at a community college done before you even leave high school, I mean, and maybe even to the point where they can get it two years done during high school. I just, the long-term students in a, at a four-year university are, it's very hard for me to see that that might continue forever. This is a different generation with different ideas and and they're ready to go to work which is unfortunate that so many of them can't can't stick it out through those four years it was extremely difficult for me to working and doing all those things so i'm excited about maybe um pursuing some of those opportunities with the, the technicians and getting some of that schooling completed before you even leave high school yeah, exactly and that's oh go ahead kurt that's no, all right tim go ahead well, what I was going to say was something you touched on earlier about uh, uh, during your program at there at 
the New Mexico conference. I'm a second-generation surveyor, so when we say we could even reach out to the existing surveyors and their kids, uh, that strikes a chord with me because I followed. I mean, once I got into junior high and high school and figured out what my father did, uh, yeah, it was fun for a summer job, but uh, as soon as I got closer and closer to college and realized how much I enjoyed surveying, I stuck with it, and that's. I uh, didn't go to college till uh, later in my career, and went back and got a business degree. I've enjoyed surveying, and I think that's something that uh, that we have to impress upon kids of of, of all reaches, uh, even if their if their parents are surveyors. Um, I mean, that that to me, that's that's I won't say the low hanging fruit, but that's somebody we need to make sure and approach. That uh, we do need that push back towards getting community colleges, technical schools, vocational schools more engaged. Because you're right, Amanda, that it's it's tough to to justify the four year degree, um, and I'm not saying that that's not necessary for some aspects of surveying, but for a lot of aspects, for the boundary surveyor, for the topographic type uh, small firms, uh, it, we can do that through a vocational school, through a technical college, uh, through a two year degree with some CST uh, program type backing. Uh, that's something we really need to, as a as a national organization, start pushing. Um, I'm not against the four year degree, not at all. I think there's a lot of places that that has to be uh, has to be considered as a as a, a, a main pro- main professional. Uh, but as far as the everyday uh, surveyor, like I said, the, the the lot and block surveyor, so much many of us just we we learn this by experience. And I think if you could couple that with some technical technical college time, some CST, and some, some uh, specific surveying classes, I think that's where we need to go if we're going to sustain our numbers uh, as land surveyors. Uh, the baby boomers are getting ready to drop off, and uh, we're going to lose a significant amount of, of, of surveyors in the next five to ten years. We've got to have those numbers to, to back them up, and I think that's, that's one way we have to go after them. Yeah, you know, Tim, you mentioned the, the CST thing, and, and uh, earlier Amanda mentioned uh, Glenn Thero who's been really, really active, has the, the CST Learn website uh, and, and all those kind of things. And, and I agree with both of you. I think that's a, that's a path that, that the profession is going to need to take in terms of embracing those, those people. And, and I've said many times before, the whole idea of distance learning, even for the degree part, is becoming more and more available now, too. And so I think there is a lot of interest out there. We see it through CST. We see it through people who want to be involved. And, and as you both have pointed out, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go to those those levels where um, the, the absolute degree is required to do the work they want to do. But we still need to embrace them in the community. And and I think you both are, are really on track when you when you recognize that. Yeah, and the, the fantastic thing that some of the four-year universities are doing, and you all know I'm, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of four-year universities. As many times as you've heard me preach about New Mexico State surveying program, <laughs> the neat thing that they have done, which I help, I really think will help, help sustain that program, is doing a two plus two and, um, you know, and transferring all of the credits from community colleges like BNM and Albuquerque. And, and I just the the combination of of a of a community college with a four year degree, two years spent at one and two years spent at the other. Those people are powerful because they have they have um, I, I hate to say it life skills, but they actually have working skills and um, from the community college and learn technical things that you might not get at a huge you know four year institution. 
But the things that a institution can bring are the PhDs, the pro the professionals that really know their stuff, the geodesy. I'm not saying that the community colleges don't, but I just really think that that combination is a fantastic way to educate the professional surveyor in the long run. And even if you only get them for the two years at the community college, what, what great students come out as career technicians. I mean, some days I wish I was still a technician when you have all the headaches and all the, the other the big questions that you're just like, ah, oh, you know, but... Um, I, I think I think it's really underrated the people that have spent their lifetimes working out in the field. I mean, I, I can't think of a better way to spend your days outside serving like like John Matanovich is so famous for saying it, it's a great day to be a surveyor. So absolutely, and you know, Tim, looking at that effort and moving forward, this the thing that you've been working on on our behalf with Elaine Ball with the Get Kids into Survey posters. Um, there's just so many ways and so many needs for outreach, and it's going to take leadership from from you guys, regardless of what happens in this election. It's going to take leadership from you guys and, and people like you to make sure that our organization is focusing on those on those activities that really bring surveying into people's consciousness earlier and earlier in their lifetime. Absolutely, you know, and that I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Amanda. That's a great point, Kurt, because whenever I um, I was actually having, Richard and I were having our second child, um, my doctor was actually from Nigeria, and um, he actually told me, and I, I love the worldwide view of surveyors, and I think it's unfortunate how we, we view surveyors in the United States, because whenever he um, became a doctor and moved to the United States, he said his father was so ashamed of him <laughs> because he wasn't smart enough to be a surveyor. And I was just like... <laughs> How many times have you ever heard that? I had to become a doctor. I had to move to the United States because I wasn't smart enough to be a surveyor. And I just think we as surveyors have done such a great job of surveying boundaries and helping people establish their property rights in the United States that we take them for granted. And um, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I really wish at some point that we could get back to the worldwide view of the surveyor that, if you want electricity, you need a surveyor. If you want running water, you need a surveyor. If you want a sewer line that flows the right direction, you need a surveyor. And so we are so connected with people's those basic needs that Americans take for granted. It's a shame that we've done such a good job of taking care of ourselves. So I would really like to embrace that, too, that that international view of surveyors. And, and, and I, I wish Americans would feel feel more wholeheartedly about what we do for them, all the things they don't know that we do for them. Well, I'm going to thank you both now for joining me because we've got about two minutes left. So, Tim, I'm going to let you make your point, and then um, when the time goes, we'll just say goodbye. But thank you again both sure. for being with me today. It's been great. So go ahead, Tim. Well, what I was going to finish up with was uh, that was one thing that, that really impressed me, uh, getting in touch with Elaine Ball with the Get Kids in the Survey initiative. Uh, the way she's been able to put these posters together in the different scenarios, um, you know, and that's what I've always said to when I take these when I take these posters around and talk to people about them. It's like a Pixar movie. It's it's yes, it's it's speaking to the kids, but uh, it does speak to the adults of what we do. And then the way she's been able to put these together, uh, I'm glad that NSPS has been able to partner with her and get these out because it does it does give a great uh, explanation of what we do and how we go about doing things and all the wonderful technology that that goes into what surveying does. So. 
that's been very fulfilling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to more and more things and a big 2019 out of her with more stuff coming out. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can continue to spread our message include, and, and include her posters as our, as our, uh, one, one of our, uh, uh, one of the beats we can march to. Great. Well, I, I, it's been great for me today to have you both on the show and, and to be able to show our audience, uh, who you are as people and and what your your thoughts are for the profession, I think they'll see that we're going to be in good hands no matter what happens in the election. And, and as I said before, you're the type of people who will continue to be part of this effort no matter what happens, and, and that's what we need. We need people who are dedicated to the cause, so to speak, and, and I'm sure our audience has figured out today and listened to the both of you that just how enthusiastic you are and uh, how dedicated you are to, to the profession and that's the most important thing, our dedication to the profession. And dedication to NSPS is important, too, but dedication to the profession is the most important thing that we all can have. So um, it's gone fast, uh, as it always does. But thanks for joining me so much. I really appreciate it. and I look forward to seeing you both uh, real soon. Thanks Thank for having you, us. Thanks, guys. Take care. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. They set up and agree to and orchestrate and...